0: Of oops because we usually when we start we go three two one clap and katie did three two one clap clap so oops
1: just an extra one because it's been a long time it has been
0: a while hey everyone welcome back to whatever the weather a podcast with uh, me meteorologist sarah spivey and myself meteorologist katie blake and we talk about whatever in the weather
1: <laughs> and sometimes it's just whatever sometimes,
0: <laughs> sometimes it's just whatever but yeah today uh, we have got a really fascinating topic we're going to talk about something that's been on a lot of people's minds especially because this spring has been dry mm-hmm. i'm sure you can kind of guess before i get to it but first i want it or you can guess by looking at the title of the episode <laughs> um First, I wanted to say, hey, Katie, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing We ha- We really well. haven't had a podcast in like a few months since I know. February. I know.
1: We've had a lot going on, just um, vacations and time off and- Filling in, t- a doing a lot of TV. A lot of filling in. Yeah. So we're excited to be back, but I'm good. What's happening in your life? What are you excited about? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to be here. Uh, today yes um no everything's at a chill point which is good yeah i feel kind of
0: the same too like you know spring for me is often you know for both of us it's severe weather season mm-hmm. so we're usually pretty yeah. nose down working hard thankfully it hasn't been a crazy severe weather season yet but we'll have to wait and see yeah timing of this podcast or recording is may 4th May the 4th be with you, 2022. So we'll see what happens for the rest of spring. see.
1: What about you? Um, You're
0: good? You know, I'm good. It is a chill time in my life. um, Nora the cat is good? Nora the cat is good. I've been learning some new recipes, some new cooking recipes. I have seen that on your Instagram. I made pierogies. Have you ever had a pierogi before? They're delicious. Uh, Producer Alyssa, have you ever had a pierogi before? She says no, she doesn't think so. Well, they are an Eastern European, Polish, you know, pretty much empanada. Okay, so it's so good, and they're made with, like, potato flour deliciousness it's so yummy
1: Ooh, yeah really right. good i've have been sarah's been posting some of her cooking on her instagram and and it's always like in the like especially on the weekends i think it was it sunday you cooked for oh you yeah i Michael, made orange chicken and it was like in the evening right when i i was at work and i was like man oh, that looks
0: uh, good but yeah that's awesome Thanks. I'm really excited about it. And so is my husband and I bet he is. our family. <laughs> so, Okay. So today, you know, we, coming up, we're going to do an episode all about Q&A. Yes. So we're going to our next episode is going to be a Q&A episode, but if you want to submit questions, we usually like to answer a few during uh, an episode. You can mm-hmm. do so on ksat.com slash whatever the weather. Uh, you can watch this podcast on ksat.com or listen to it wherever you get your podcast. It's worth
1: it. I know so many people like myself love to listen to podcasts on the, you know, Ditto. Drive in to work and home, or maybe just around the house when you're do, like doing George or I something listen like that. To a lot of murder podcasts. I see that.
0: I'm you just see kidding. That. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of ghost podcasts, so we both have. Uh- See, we have interests outside of work. Murdering ghosts. <laughs> it's it's cool. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, what was it? Yeah. So a lot of people listen in the car, you know, at home when you're not able to, you know, sit down and watch something. But I feel like this podcast, if you if you listen and you're really interested, um, watch because we've got some things that are just easier to get you know, when you see them, we've got mm-hmm. some visuals, but then our producer, Alyssa also does a really cool job. She does cool editing things. So some cool. of the stuff she does just makes me laugh out loud. It's very funny. Um, and you know, usually these episodes are pretty short, so it's, it's worth a watch if you're, if you find yourself on front of your computer.
0: And we've got some great visuals today to help explain yes. our topic. So as meteorologist Katie, we can be extremely focused on rain, severe mm-hmm. weather, all of those kinds of things. But today's topic is about the opposite of that the lack of rain, drought. 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 Mm-hmm. You know, some people actually in Texas, out in the country, call it a drought. Did you know that? We, yes. Drought. Yes. It's interesting. Meteorologist Justin Horn does a lot of stories about water, and he'll go out, out west into the country, and everybody's talking about the drought. So at the time of this recording, May 4th, 2022, 82% of Texas is in drought. It's pretty bad Mm -hmm. because, you know, spring months, we usually see some good rain and most of the state is in some sort of drought. And it's not only Texas, you know, but also a good chunk of the nation is in drought too. So much of the West is under drought. Let's take, for example, crazy story, Lake Mead. Okay, which is the reservoir that was formed when the Hoover Dam was made. Lake Mead is in, <clears throat> pardon me, Arizona, Nevada. And according to a story broken by David Charns with KLS, KLAS in Las Vegas, Lake Mead Reservoir is so low that they are finding bodies in barrels oh from God. the 70s and 80s oh my stuck in the mud that are just now being shown because of how dry and how low Lake Mead is. It's pretty crazy. I've got this story right here. Again, David Charnes at KLAS. A person found dead in a barrel along the shore of Lake Mead has been shot. The date of death may be earlier than previously thought, as the person was uh, believed to have been murdered in the 70s and 80s. Boaters discovered the body at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. And here's the thing. Police say... They moved up their timeline because the victims' clothing and other personal items found in the barrel from the 70s and 80s. And authorities say they may find more bodies as the lake levels continue to recede. And again, it's a reservoir. So lake levels go up and down all the time mm-hmm. with reservoirs. We see that with our very own um, Medina Lake locally mm-hmm. around San Antonio. But it just, they need rain they're in the middle of a mega drought, which is a drought that extends past a few decades. And as extreme as that sounds, and it is extreme, drought is a very naturally occurring weather phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a weather pattern. Yeah. Drought is a weather pattern that frequently uh, we in Texas and across the world are in. But here's the thing. Because droughts have been with us for so long, and because people have relied heavily on the land, there's a lot of evidence. Listen to this, Katie. Some evidence suggests that mega droughts, again, severe droughts that last more than two decades, spurred the migration of ancient humans out of Africa into Europe and Eurasia wow. some uh, 75,000 to 135,000 years ago. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? I've never so heard droughts, mega drought Yeah, before. droughts are nothing new for us around the world, and, you know, especially in the U.S. So according to NOAA, in any given year between 1985 and 2010, on average, at least around 14% of the U.S., experienced some kind of moderate to severe drought. So again, we are always seeing drought often around uh, the world. Recently, the three longest drought episodes in the U.S. occurred in the 1930s, hello, Dust Bowl, the 1950s, and the early 21st century, so just some 20 years ago. And of course, we're under a, a pretty extensive drought right now. Mm-hmm. Now, the Dust Bowl area era of the 1930s is still the benchmark for drought and extreme heat uh, in the U.S., and it's during the Dust Bowl that millions of people migrated from the plains to California, and we still see the effects of that today, right? That mm-hmm. gave the state a boom in population. It's now the most populated state in the U.S., and it really does drive the political climate. How mm-hmm. how California goes, the world goes, because it's got the most amount of people in Yep. it. All right. Uh, well, how California goes, the U.S. goes. Again, we're not the world. Uh, but so before, you know, the Industrial Revolution, when most people were dependent on the land, drought impacts were felt very personally. Mm-hmm. People grew their own food. They lived directly off of the land. Now, the majority of us, you know, we experience drought in the form of You know, crunchy grass, crunchy backyard and and water restrictions. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also economically, we we experience drought because we end up spending more on food products and because farmers either lose crops. So that drives up the price of food. Or they have to spend more on irrigation for water. They have to spend more on alternative feed for their livestock. So oftentimes we feel drought economically mm-hmm. as well. And so it can be argued that in many ways, droughts are one of the most, if not the most, influential weather pattern weather phenomenon. So how do we monitor drought? What's the meteorology at work? And should we be concerned about worsening droughts in our climate change driven future? That is what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. Cold cases, murders, abductions, they're stories that intrigue us, keep us asking questions. I'm KSAT reporter Lee Waldman, and along with court reporter Erica Hernandez, we are digging into true crime cases in our own backyard. It's KSAT's newest podcast, South Texas Crime Stories. We're opening back up stories we've covered in real time to talk with you all about it. You can listen on Apple Podcast and Spotify or click on the South Texas Crime Stories tab on KSAT.com. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Come on this journey with us as we dive into the most infamous cases across our area.
1: Uh, okay, wait, before we go into this next part, I'm, so I was going to ask you this, but you were like really on a roll, I so I didn't want monologue. to interrupt. So the barrel in Lake yeah. Mead, so that has to be somebody that ticked off a gangster, a mom boss, or when Vegas was really booming. It could be,
0: yeah. We we don't, they don't know. They're doing an active investigation there, so stay tuned to KLAS in Las <laughs> stay Vegas. Tuned. They're yeah. going to have more information about that.
1: That's for uh, sure. That's
0: sus. It is sus. <laughs> Well, Katie's going to talk oh. now, now about how we monitor drought around
1: the US. You're really going to be shocked at the name of the tool that we use to monitor drought. What's it it's called? It's really going to floor you. Oh, okay, okay, I'm getting in there. i am get it. So, Sarah mentioned that 82% of Texas is in drought at the time of this recording. But how do we know that? Mm. There is something we use and it's called Da, 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 da. The Drought Monitor. Wow, really original. Cool name, right? Yeah. Really, really cool. put a lot of thought into that one. So, <laughs> the U.S. Drought Monitor is produced through a partnership between the National Drought Mitigation Center, and that is at the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Um, they work with the Department of Agriculture and NOAA. So, Multi agency partnership there. Um, but the drought monitor, what is it anyway? Well, it's a map and it shows what parts of the United States are in drought. And this is something that's updated weekly. So you can look at the country as a whole. And that's the graphic that I have that we're, we're going to pop up. This is this week's drought monitor updated. Thir- um, no, today's not Thursday. Today's Wednesday. So that's another thing about the drought monitor. It's released every Thursday. But the data that's released on Thursday is is it's Tuesday to Tuesday. It's kind of confusing. So the drought monitor that you see on Thursday that only takes into account any rain Two days before the area may have gotten. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday morning. I see. So if you get a really big rainfall on Wednesday. Your drought monitor that you get the next day that's updated is not going to reflect that. Until you'll, the next You'll week, have to wait right? until the next week. Cool. That's just kind of a little nuance thing, but um, it's interesting. So the drought monitor is a, a map, and it it helps show what parts of the country are in drought, what parts of specific states are in drought, and then even more specifically, you can go on a county-by-county county basis. So um, we got the current drought monitor at the time of this recording. What I want to point out is that Texas, so anywhere you see color, that's where there is drought ongoing. So parts of the um, Tennessee River Valley up near the Great Lakes, New England, the northeast, those are places they're doing just fine. They don't have a lot of color there. So that means they've gotten a lot of rainfall and there's no drought. But as you get into even South Louisiana, Texas, the plains, and then essentially the whole Western United States, with the exception of places like Seattle there in Western Washington, Um, drought is very widespread across really the Western part of the country. So what do these colors mean on this map? So there are five categories that are used to describe the level and impact of drought over a certain area. And this is where it gets very visual because each color means something different. So we'll also pop up the legend here, but I'm just going to run through um, kind of what they all mean. So the lowest tier is D0. That's abnormally dry. This is going into drought, short-term dryness, slowing planting, growth of crops or pastures. um, And then it can also be applied to places that are coming out of drought, but aren't out completely. Next step up is moderate drought. This is some damage to crops and pastures, Streams, reservoirs, or wells are low, some water shortages developing or are imminent, and then voluntary water restrictions are requested. So moderate drought, not too bad. And then we bump up to severe drought. And basically, I won't read through all the specific criteria, but as we get into severe drought, and then extreme drought, and then exceptional drought, which is the worst tier, we're talking about Crop and pasture losses, water shortages, and water restrictions going into effect. It's just kind of magnified with each tier as you go up. Eventually, topping out at D4, which is exceptional drought. And there's a part of our area at the time of this recording that is in exceptional drought. And they have been for several weeks now. So we're experiencing that worst tier of drought here in our area locally. Um, There's also another index or way of measuring drought that was actually used before the traditional drought monitor that we know and see a lot today. And it's called the Palmer Drought Severity Index. This is something that's still updated um, even in 2022. It's also updated weekly. Uh, But the Palmer Index is strictly numerical where the drought monitor is graphical. Mm -hmm. So the drought monitor is much easier to, you know, show on TV. We show it in our weather forecasts, especially here lately, that's much easier for people to interpret versus just a number. Yeah. Because it, those numbers can be kind of hard to interpret unless you, you know, know exactly what they all mean. But exactly. um, this was the first way that people really started keeping track of drought. And this Palmer Drought Severity Index uh, was made by W.C. Palmer in 1965, a guy what named W.C. Palmer. W. C. Palmer. <laughs> um And it is based on rainfall, temperature, and historic data. Mm. So it's actually kind of a complex formula that's used to get this one number that's this drought severity index. Um, But because it takes historic data into account, if you get, you know, a big flooding, soaking rain in a week, the Palmer drought index isn't going to, in that change, isn't going to be a as good of an indicator of the I change see. because it's, it's pulling climate and historical data. So a quick improvement in drought is not really going to show up in the Palmer index where it will in the drought monitor. So I see why we use the drought monitor instead of the Palmer Index. that makes sense yeah the the drought monitor easy to read when we show it on air it's got the little legend there so you know what you're you know what you're looking at easy breezy awesome that great explanation there katie i wanted to talk a little bit about the
0: meteorology behind drought so what's interesting about drought is that it's it's a weather pattern Mm -hmm. and not necessarily a weather phenomena
1: and so well and i want to something you said mm-hmm. earlier about this kind of being one of the more impactful you know weather patterns yeah. that can you know it, in terms of economics and, mm-hmm. and things like that it's like when you have severe weather you may have a few days of severe weather but it it comes and it goes right, right? um drought once it really starts to set in it's not going to go away with just one rainfall
0: it isn't isn't. um
1: and so i i thought that was really i thought that was a good way to put it yeah Yeah.
0: And, and so when it comes to drought it's really difficult to determine exactly when like an immediate reason why you're in drought okay so but you know it when it happens because every region is different every region has a certain amount of rainfall they usually get every region has different criteria as to what drought means for them but once a drought Gets going, it is very difficult to get rid of. It's kind of a a feedback loop, a positive feedback loop. You know, we hear about these a lot, meaning that they often make themselves worse. Droughts often make themselves worse. So if you have low rain, you have low soil moisture. And if you have no rain to replace that soil moisture, you're going to have high evaporation rates, which is going to take out even more of the moisture Mm -hmm. from the soil. And Really, it's hotter in the summer too, because if you have higher evaporation rates, eventually there's not going to be any more uh, moisture in the plants or in the soil. And we've talked about this before, but if you have low humidity your Mm -hmm. atmosphere is going to warm up quicker. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's a positive feedback loop. Drought makes itself worse often. It also increases the fire danger, right? Because if there's no moisture in the plants, if you've got dry vegetation, you know, that will catch a spark quicker and create a fire more easily. Mm -hmm. And if droughts are happening in the summer, which they often do, it's hotter too. So that's more fuel to the fire. And again, like a positive feedback loop. Katie was mentioning earlier, it is very difficult to come out of a drought. You need a significant pattern change in the atmosphere, which brings you consistent rainfall. Mm -hmm. If you just get one rainfall event, It's like if you were sick and you got one dose of medicine, Yeah, right? You need a constant regimen of medicine to get better. And so in the same way with drought, you need frequent rains to get better. And that takes a shift of the jet stream. It takes a big pattern shift. Sometimes it takes a shift of the seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go from summer to fall, you get a little bit more water in the fall time than you do in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And that's why, it, at the time of this recording, May 4th, we're in the middle of spring and we're experiencing extreme and exceptional drought. And that's not good because we know that in the summer, we typically don't see all that much rain. Yeah. So, meteorologically,
1: droughts are positive feedback loops. Yeah. I remember in South and Central Texas, late winter, early this spring, we had a, we, we've had we had a lot of windy days, low humidity days, and with the drought, fire has been an mm-hmm. issue several times. And I remember one time we had a grass fire around San Antonio, and one of our reporters was out at the scene. And I remember she, I, I loved what she did, and I didn't like prompt her to do it, but she grabbed like grabbed with dirt. her hands the the grass like oh, the grass and it good. was because it was grown up yeah. but it was so dry that she could just grab it and you could hear it on her Jeez. microphone just um and so yeah I was like hopefully a lot of people saw that because I I don't think you know if we just go you know if you go to your house every day and like your yard's okay whatever but until you actually know what some of these you know fields and, and things or how dry they actually are, then I think that it really starts to hit home. People can start to see cracks in the soil from how dry oh, yeah. it is too.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, since we can't really predict exactly when a drought is going to start, we wanted to talk a little bit about what makes drought
1: worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, between one year or the next. Yeah. Um, And one of the things has, uh, it's La Nina, to put it simply, Um, that's part of the El Nino Southern Oscillation. So you hear meteorologists talk about El Nino and La Nina a lot. Uh, These are climate patterns that generally last around two to three years, um, and they have effects on our weather. Mm -hmm. Um, And broadly speaking, La Nina typically dries the southern tier of the country out. Um, And the reason why is, and we're going to have a graphic here for you that kind of paints the picture, Um, when La Nina is in place uh, over the Pacific Ocean, there's a lot of sinking air and that Produces a blocking high or an area of high pressure. And this keeps the jet stream that's coming um, out of the poles and out of Alaska and Canada, keeps it farther north. And so as a result, areas of low pressure or weather makers, things that bring precipitation, they start. Farther north with the jet stream, and then they don't drop as far south across the United States. So a lot of the precipitation, particularly in the winter, and we saw that here. It played out exactly right. in textbook way almost. Um, all the weather makers were over the northern tier of the country. And so that kept even, you know, snow and winter weather generally across the central and northern half of the US. And we had a dry winter here in Texas. And that has really played into the how quickly drought has increased across our area. Um, and yeah, it's not just here in Texas, it's the desert southwest, it's parts of the deep south. And so that's part of the reason why. Drought has been made worse across parts of the Western U.S. Here in Texas and across parts of the Deep South. That's not to say we never get weather makers that right. swing across I Texas. Say that because yeah. we have, but just as a whole on on the season uh, with our winter and even here into the early part of spring, we've seen that influence these lows, mm-hmm. low pressure systems. It's like they're just a little too far north to yeah. really help us out. So that's part of the reason why drought can increase and be made worse
0: and uh, La Nina is a great indicator for that as you yeah. just said and so that's that's one of the ways that our government officials can you know plan for for a drought is if it is a la Nina winter mm-hmm. it's more likely than not that it's going to be drier so so uh, yeah La Nina is something that we talk about a lot another thing to talk about is climate change bum, bum, <laughs> so with climate change you know it is important to note that the onset of drought really can't definitively right now be tied to climate change around the world. As you just mentioned, there's a lot of natural things at work here, like, like La Nina. Uh, Now the reason why drought cannot, the onset of drought cannot be tied to climate change is because droughts are variable. They occur at different times with varying intensity for differing length of times. And if you've done any kind of science experiments, you know, you need a control, right? You need to control the variables, the amounts of different things going on at the same time in order to find a cause and effect, Mm -hmm. right? So that's one of the reasons why it is difficult to... um, tie the start of drought to climate change. However, however, climate change is likely making droughts lengthier and worse. All right. And here's the reason why. In simple terms, The world is warming because of greenhouse gas-induced climate change, and we produce a lot of greenhouse gases as humans. A warmer atmosphere creates those higher evaporation rates that I was mentioning, which reduces surface moisture and further dries out soils and vegetation. So that's why very simplistically... Uh, Climate change does make droughts lengthier and worse. And according to NASA, the likelihood of those mega droughts or droughts that occur, severe droughts that occur for more than two decades or so, will increase from 12% likelihood Mm -hmm. to 60% likelihood of some mega droughts. So that's a pretty big increase. And here's the thing. We need huge systematic change in order to reduce the impacts of climate change, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that droughts are going to get worse over the next decades, okay? But there, it's not all doom and gloom because there are things that we can do mm-hmm. to, to make our lives easier in drought. We live in San Antonio, Texas. If you're listening to this podcast, this is a San Antonio, Texas podcast for everyone across the nation, all right? But <laughs> we know we get into droughts it's it happens often mm-hmm. we we do have an arid climate in the summer especially and so what you can do is you can make sure that your home and your landscape is good for the environment Mm -hmm. and saves water, conserves water. And we have some really great resources. The San Antonio Botanical Garden, this is on their website. I love it. Okay. They say, did you know that about 30% of the water used in San Antonio households is applied solely to landscapes? Low water landscaping is strongly encouraged in arid climates where water is a limited resource. Drought tolerant gardens and efficient irrigation are both extremely important in areas like san antonio in other climates where rain is not plentiful Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of beautiful plants out there uh we're going to show you some of these plants here uh that can really help uh with your garden make it your garden beautiful but you won't have to water it every day for that saint augustine grass and things like that so uh you can look at GardenStyleSanAntonio.com, and that also shows you a lot of plants there too. So, you know, drought is a fascinating topic. I'm glad we could kind of briefly cover it, talk about ways that we can um, conserve water, the reason that droughts are getting longer and worse, and yeah, I hope that was enjoyable. Yeah. Anything
1: to add, Katie? I don't think so. I think that was great. Um, Another thing I would add on the climate, when you were talking about climate change mm-hmm. making droughts worse... How do we fix drought, rainfall, right? Well, another thing we're gonna to have to deal with with climate change is less normal precipitation, right, if you will. Right. But more extreme rainfall events. Yeah. So the rain the flooding rainfall it events seems
0: counterintuitive,
1: right? Yeah. Like So the, the rain the extreme flooding rainfall events are expected to become more common as a result. Of climate change, which you're maybe like, okay. So more floods when it rains, right? Yeah, but that's not necessarily a good thing for drought. Mm -hmm. If you've got really dry soils and you just dump a ton of rain right on top of it, those soils aren't able to adequately soak up the rain. It doesn't just start taking it in right away. I mean, it does, but it, it has to happen at a pace where the soils can take in the moisture properly. Mm-hmm. If you just dump a gallon on top of like sandpaper, it's going to all run off, right? right? And that's kind of what happens during those extreme or flooding rainfall events. So we see more of those. It may help an area in drought a little bit, but it's not really going to end up being very beneficial in the long run. So Right,
0: right. Great point there, Yeah. It's going to become both drier and, at certain times, more frequent heavy rainfall events. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Next episode is going to be all about your questions, and we're going to have your answers. So whether it's flooding or you're suffering through a drought, remember to weather Weather the
1: weather, weather, whatever whatever the the weather. weather.